Good morning, everyone. First, first I'd like to just say happy Father's, Day, happy Father's Day to all the fathers here. Let's just give them all a round of applause. It's very important today that we really need good fathers, but not only good fathers who just work and, and you know, help raise their children, giving them earthly things, but we need fathers that really lead their kids to Jesus today. So it's very important that we continue to pray for our fathers to have the grace and the strength to always lead their children to Jesus because that's what it truly means to be a father. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Today we have a beautiful gospel, a gospel really that shows us the love and mercy of God our Father, the love and mercy that Jesus wants to show us. And so I just want to open up to us Today, this is a parable in the Gospel of Luke, it's called the Good Samaritan, and I just want to open it up to us to help us understand it. So a lawyer, a teacher, one of the scribes in Israel, asked Jesus a question. He says, what must I do to get to heaven? What must I do to inherit eternal life? And so Jesus says to him, you know the law, tell me what does the Bible say? And so Jesus asks him a question to help open up his heart, what do you think? And so he says to him, I have to love God with all my heart, soul, and mind, and strength, and love my neighbor as myself. And Jesus says, you've answered correctly. If you do this, you will live. But then he says something else to him, says, but he says to him, who's my neighbor? And so why does he ask him, who's my neighbor? So the Jews had a lot of enemies, okay? And so they didn't, um, didn't understand when God said, love thy neighbor, there was always a dispute about, well, who's my neighbor? Just my neshwatha, my first cousin, my brother, my sister. Who, who, who is my neighbor? And so Jesus gives him this parable, and he says there was a man who was in, in Jerusalem, and he comes down to Jericho. So what does that mean? The church fathers say it's basically Jerusalem represents heaven, the holy place the holy city. And so the man falling down to Jerusalem, I'm sorry, falling down to Jericho, represents as if it was a man falling from, from having grace with God and falling, falling into sin. Because Jericho is a sinful city, a pagan nation. So Jesus is giving us an example. There was a man who was in a good place with God. He can be like Adam. The church fathers say that's Adam our first parents, our first father. He was in a good place with God, he sins, and he falls into a sinful place, beaten up. Not just physically, but beaten up spiritually by demons, giving himself over to sin. And so there's a spiritual component to this. It's not just helping someone who's sick and ill and beaten up. It's seeing that there's a person who's spiritually ill, far away from God, has left Jerusalem, gone to a sinful place, and has been beaten up. And so Jesus gives us an example. He says there's two people, a priest and a Levite, the Jewish leaders at the time, seeing this person and saying, oh, I can't help them, because if I do, I become ritually unclean. And so they would just pass by. Now obviously, most of you here, if you saw someone dead on the street, Hopefully, I would assume that you would help them, obviously, right? We're not going to be like, ew, I'm not going to help. We're not going to do that. That's not, we don't relate to that today, of course. 
we're going to help someone if we see them dead on the street, but we're really probably just going to call the ambulance 911. They're going to pick them up. We're probably not even going to lift a finger. But anyway, so we would, we're going to help that person. So we would help that person. But what does Jesus say that the Samaritan does? And who is a Samaritan? Okay, we have to know who a Samaritan is. A Samaritan is an Israelite who has mixed with the pagan nations. So the Samaritans were people who were descendants of Abraham, one of the 12 tribes of Israel, but they became mixed with pagan religions. So they were mixed with the Gentiles, so the Jews didn't like them. So basically, Jesus gave him an example. He says, this enemy of yours, an enemy of yours whom you don't like, the Samaritans, is acting more in charity towards his neighbor than you who know the law. So the Samaritan, it says, he came down off his animal, goes down, and what does he do? He pours oil and wine on him. So what does that mean? The church fathers, they say the oil and the wine are the sacraments, right? What does Jesus pour into our souls? The oil is given to you at baptism. When you are baptized, you are confirmed, and when you're sick and you're anointed, you're anointed for healing by oil. And that's what the Samaritan does. He pours oil on his wounds, and they heal us spiritually. And then what does he do? He pours wine. What does wine represent? The blood of Jesus. So the Samaritan represents Jesus Christ himself, coming down to help sinful humanity, pouring oil and wine on their wounds, healing them, and then putting him on his donkey, and then taking him to the inn. The inn represents the church, the Catholic church, the church that you're supposed to receive all the sacraments in the complete healing of Jesus Christ. And what Jesus does, he says, he says he pays the innkeeper, he pays him to take care of him. And so what do we say? Jesus Christ, on the cross, he pays the debt of your sin. He pays for you, for your sin. So Jesus is giving an analogy. He's giving us this example, this parable of the Good Samaritan being Jesus Christ himself, saying this is how sinful humanity is. It's not just giving an example of just some random person being up. He's saying, this is your condition. This is you. This is us. This is me. We are in this sinful state. And Jesus says, I want to heal you. And so today, how do we compare it to our lives today? Well, there's two ways to compare it to our lives. First, how do we show love and mercy to who, those who are what we call corporal acts of mercy? Corporal acts of mercy is when Jesus says you must feed the, you must feed the hungry. You must clothe the naked. You must visit those who are imprisoned. You must live in charity. So if you do this, you're truly acting like Jesus Christ himself. But then the other example is spiritually. How do we show mercy spiritually to people? One example would be when you see someone living in sin, do you just walk by and say, okay, you can go ahead and live in sin. No, I'm going to be like the priest and the Levite that just, you know, walks right by with his donkey, just drives right by and says, yeah, you can live in sin, have a great life, no big deal, you're doing great, and cheers him on. Are you going to be a father 
that when you see your son in sin, you're going to say, oh, I'm so proud of you. You did a great job living in fornication. You know, lots of fathers do that. They encourage their children to sin and they actually applaud them and said, I've seen this with my own eyes. How many fathers literally applaud their kid when they're living in sin as if this is something beautiful? So to show mercy, to show true charity, is not to drive on by when you see someone in sin, you say, in the loving, we do it in, hopefully in charity. Sometimes we get angry. It's justified anger sometimes. But we do it in love, saying, when I see my son in sin, he's gone the way of the world. He lives in Jericho. He lives in a pagan war in a way. We can be all sometimes in church, but still, Jesus is trying to heal us. And so, it's very important to realize that the church is this hospital, the inn, is a hospital where Jesus is trying to heal you and me. But sometimes we don't want to take our medicine. Jesus is saying, I want to pour upon you the oil of my mercy. I want to pour upon you my blood, the Holy Eucharist, my body and blood to heal you. But you say to the priests and you say to Jesus, no, not today. I, I, I'm in the hospital. I'm in the inn. I'm listening. I feel good when I come to church. But I don't want my medicine. I don't want to be healed. And so we remain beaten up. We remain still trapped. So can you imagine that man who was on the road, who was beaten up by robbers, if the Samaritan came to him and said, I want to carry you. I want to bind your wounds. I want to heal you. And he says to him, no, I'm fine. I can take care of myself. I'm just going to stay here bleeding. And so the problem is today, we have many people who are not only not in the hospital, which is the church, that are outside of the hospital and think that the way that they're living, they're fine. When Jesus says to the scribes and the Pharisees, he says to them, even you, how often I wanted to gather you like a hen gathers her chicks and to heal you. But he says to the scribes and Pharisees, he says, you were unwilling to receive my love, my mercy, my healing. You were unwilling. And so it's very important today. It's not, you don't, we don't love our neighbor when we don't tell our neighbor their faults. Not that we don't have faults. Everyone in this church has sins. First me, the priest, then you. But it's important that when I see my sin, I don't call sin good. The problem of today we call, we call good evil, and we call evil good, and I just want to stay, if I just want to stay in my sin. I have sins. I have to go to confession. I have to repent. If I don't repent, I don't go to heaven. And so the importance is not about pointing to people and say, oh, you're an evil person because you have X, Y, and Z sins. No, that's not the point. The point is that Jesus wants to heal you and me. We all have sin. But when we close our ears and we close our hearts, when Jesus says repent, we're just like, ah, I don't need it. I love you, Jesus. I wear a cross <laughs> around my neck, but I absolutely do not do one thing to change my life. I will continue to live in lust in my heart. I will continue to live in every immoral lifestyle. I will live in greed. I will do anything for money. I will sell everything out just to gain more wealth. Or I will live in hatred. I will never forgive my brothers and sisters. So all the words of Jesus really mean nothing to us. They don't mean anything. 
And so it's important to really take the words of Jesus. Look how much he wants to heal us and love us. But when we close our hearts to him, he can do very little to save me. So all the time I pray, when I pray, I say, Jesus, please. There are times in my life I'm blind. Jesus, open my eyes. I'm a sinner. Help me to be a good priest. There are times maybe I don't help my neighbor enough. We cannot think that the priest, whenever we preach about sin, I have sin. But when I, when I see my sin, I say, Lord God, have mercy on me because I am a sinner. I need your mercy so that I can show mercy to others. Because if I don't receive the love and mercy of Jesus and I think I'm good, I think I'm great, then what kind of leader will I be? But if I go to Jesus and I say, Jesus, you know what? I'm a sinner. I'm broken. I have my own sins to deal with. And when I receive his love and mercy, I can say to all the people here, I love you. Jesus loves you. But today when you hear his voice, he says, I want to heal you. I want to pour upon you my blood, my body. And so today, if there are any sins hidden in our hearts, any hardness of heart, let us truly ask the Lord, Lord Jesus, unharden my heart today, that truly you may heal me and bind me up and lead me to heaven. Amen. Amen.